Welcome to Pedagog, a podcast about teachers talking writing. I'm your host, Shane Wood. In this episode, I talk with Louis M. Mirage about anti-racist pedagogies and practices, theorizing and centering blackness and black feminism, and notions of blackness in historically white institutions. A native of Trinidad and Tobago, Louis M. Mirage thinks, creates, and converses with and through theoretical black studies, rhetoric, digital media, and critical pedagogies. His scholarship specifically addresses anti-racism, anti-blackness, and expressive form. Mirage's book, Black or Right, Anti-Racist Campus Rhetorics, explores everyday notions of blackness and historically white institutions. His recent essays appear in Prose Studies, Women's Studies and Communication, and Self Plus Culture Plus Writing. He's an assistant professor at the University of British Columbia's School of Journalism, Writing, and Media, and co-founder of D-Black, Digital Black Lit and Composition, an inter-institutional network of black scholars in language-related fields. Lou, thanks so much for joining us. Let's start by talking about your approach to teaching writing. Do you mind talking about your pedagogical values and what activities you use or draw from in the writing classroom to support these pedagogical goals. So before I respond, I also so want, want to thank you for having me here. Um, uh, I appreciate the interest in my work as well as the time and space that you you know offer with this podcast to, to that's dedicated to thinking about uh, and having imp- important conversations about pedagogy. Um, I also want to acknowledge that I am speaking to you from the ancestral, unceded and occupied lands of the Musqueam people, a uh, place of learning for those peoples for centuries before us. Uh, so I would say uh, that at the crux of my pedagogy is a deep engagement with the ways that writing and power are entangled. So I try to open up every learning space. I enter to thinking about positionality and the relationships between systems of power and individual and communal spaces. My, this is framed by or might form by Black feminist thought uh, and theoretical Black studies, um, particularly ideas about how lived experience are intimately related to meaning making, the importance of dialogue, orienting oneself toward accountability and understanding presence as involving a host of meanings beyond a particular body uh, in a particular space. Yeah, so I can specifically speak to sort of one thing that I always do at the beginning of every every class or every sort of pedagogical or learning space that I enter is is an activity about what about writing and, and its relationship to power. If this is within the framework of a sort of class tomb, there's um, uh, usually a reading that we do from Audre Lorde. Um, uh, poetry is not a luxury is one, one of those readings. Uh, there's another essay called um, Poet as Teacher, or I, be- I believe it's, it's something like that. It's a very short essay uh, about the relationship between a writer and a teacher. 
um, making the argument that writers are teachers. And so we start from there to think, thinking about how writing is at heart an exchange of power, doing sort of a paraphrase of what that phrase means. Usually what, what happens, what flows out of that is, is the idea of power being this, this really th difficult thing to define. We then work through to think about what are systems of power and making a huge list of how systems of power, what systems of power, of power exist in our lives. Um, and then move to think about what are some uh, identities that de develop out of those systems because of how those systems um, allow access to some people or what we might think of as privilege um, and how it denies access to, to some people, uh, what we might think of as marginalization. At that moment is where we think deeply with the idea of lived experience as a criterion of meaning. Uh, that's sort of an idea from Patricia Hill Collins's um, uh, work on Black feminist thought. We do work to think about how where we are located within those systems via the, the identity categories that we pointed out. So we think about moments where we understood uh, or came to know about our access to particular um, systems of power or and or how we um, experiences where we were um, denied access or marginalized by those systems of power. Uh, and I share my, with my students, my own stories about this while they're sharing uh, their um, stories about this uh, as a way to think about orienting ourselves toward uh, accountability and to complicating the notion of presence as just uh, a body in a particular space. This is one way that we are orienting ourselves, thinking about various sort of intersectional identities or relationality between different people in different spaces within dif different power systems and how those things all work. Let's talk about your book, Black or Right, Anti-Racist Campus Rhetorics. In it, you explore notions of Blackness in white institutional spaces, and you theorize Black identity. Can you walk us through what you're doing throughout this book? Uh, yeah, for sure. So the, the book is about fluidity or rhetorical fluidity. Uh, and how that relates to um, Blackness in, in white institutional spaces particularly. Um, so I'm looking at notions of Blackness in historically white educational institutions to offer uh, these four rhetorics or modalities of meaning making that Black students, staff, and instructors might use to do anti-racism. And those four are autoethnography, hashtagging, uh, black intercontextual reading and something I call rhetorical reclamation or uh, reconceptualized disruption. The, the book uh, is taking on different orientations uh, in working through these different modalities and thinking about these. Um, so it starts off with me telling my own story of arriving in the United States and understanding the violence um, of writing classrooms um, while also understanding the violence of race and racism, particularly U.S. contexts. Um, and how those how uh, violence easily circulates in in these historically white uh, educational spaces. I then jump into thinking deeply about my own positionality in relationship to what I'm studying. So the first chapter really is doing two things: sketching a genealogy within rhetoric and writing studies of uh, Black autoethnographic. Uh, work and studies that have come before me to sort of acknowledge the, the, the lineage that I'm contributing to. 
and also talking about my lived experiences um, through, uh, through engagement with different um, points of my education in the United States. Um, talking about uh, looking at my the way that my image is used for sort of diversity initiatives or to represent diversity, uh, the experiences I've uh, had in um, classrooms, graduate classrooms, um, being particularly told that I, uh, or having my blackness question, uh, the chapter is called, are you black though? So it's, uh, it's about having a black student constantly ask that question, how could I be black if, I, if I'm in front of a classroom at a white, a white university? And also thinking about sort of the violence of um, experiences that I've had in sort of on and off campus spaces where I was uh, attacked by uh, a vigilante and then in another instance um, attacked by the police. Um, near a, a, a white campus where I was teaching. And so I moved then with that framework to thinking about my classroom in, in the, or thinking a little bit deeper about my classroom practices in chapter two, where I'm thinking about hashtagging. So that chapter is really based on a particular assignment that I deploy, thinking about hashtags as a form of marginalized literacy for Black peoples, understanding the framework of how social media is used as a mechanism to highlight social change and to make racial meaning in particular ways. And then asking students to think with hashtags or think of hashtags as kind of remediated version of a commonplace or a commonplace book. In that chapter, I'm looking particularly at my students' work, uh, my former students' work, uh, and looking at their use of hashtags in, in reading, uh, doing sort of rhetorical analysis only through tagging, especially with the backdrop of movements like hashtag Black Lives Matter, hashtag um, me too, uh, and other uh, kinds of uh, movements. In the third chapter, I'm looking at what I'm uh, describing as Black intercontextual reading, um, drawing on uh, notions of intercontextual reading from uh, Wendy S. Hesford and Arjun Apadurai. Particularly, I'm reading the Black Lives Matter movement in this chapter, so I'm looking at the way that uh, Black Lives Matter draws on um, a number of different um, context and the ways that it makes racial meaning in relation to social justice. So uh, I'm reading three particular artifacts, um, uh, but I'm also reading artifacts around those artifacts to think deeply about how they're uh, coming up against each other to make meaning. And I'm doing this with as sort of a, a intercontext with the rest of the project to thinking about the, the white institutions. Um, in the fourth chapter, I move to thinking more deeply about policies and the implementation and practice of policies. And what I'm doing is looking at uh, diversity initiatives. I'm also looking at uh, policing, uh, campus security, uh, white supremacist flyers that are circulating. And I'm doing all this in the context is, is 2016, uh, which is you know pretty um, uh, ripe for, for this kind of material to be floating around. So, I, and I'm also looking at student protests, um, students of color uh, protesting the, the institution um, for different reasons. In this chapter, I look particularly at the ways that these white institutions use or edit their sort of security mechanisms to particularly represent Blackness as criminality through different kinds of alerts, uh, messages that are sent about crimes, et cetera. The institution creates representations of Blackness as uh, sort of a criminal entity um, uh, without actually, you know, 
explicitly uh, admitting to doing that or, or, or explicitly doing that. Um, the book ends with a conclusion, which is my personally my favorite part of the book that meditates on what this all means for Blackness, um, to think about all of these meaning ways of meaning making through different philosophical frameworks, what it means to uh, be Black uh, in a, a violent space. Um, and so in that chapter, I'm really playing with um, language. I'm playing with language a lot throughout the book. So there are poems interspersed with um, different uses of both Black uh, U.S. vernacular, but also uh, Trini uh, English, Trinidadian um, dialect. And in, but in the last chapter, I'm really thinking about how Blackness uh, might be thought of as something that is fluid and fluid in a way that can be thought of through different frames uh, to make uh, meaning that pushes against racist systems of power. Thanks, Lou. It's such a rich book, and I would encourage everyone to read it. I think it it really adds to conversations on anti-racism and scholarship. I highlighted this quote, for example, which I think shows in, in some ways its contributions to larger conversations and to teaching writing. Quote, to center blackness and black feminism not only means being conscious about the content of our black study, but also involves political citation practices as well as cognizance of the schools of thought we resort to for theorizing, end quote. So I I think one addition you make throughout this book is is how you draw on Black experiences and theory across philosophies of Blackness from Caribbean, African, and Black U.S. authors, which is really strategic and important. Could you talk more about this and how you center these different histories and theories and cultures in the writing classroom through curriculum? One of the things that I'm trying to do and think deeply about is the way that, or I'm thinking deeply about it, but I'm, I'm, I'm pushing against the thought that Blackness is one particular thing, um, or it might be represented or understood as one particular thing, one static thing, because this is the way that understanding of Blackness is why, is how white institutions pick it up and use it for to their advantage, um, use it for so anti-black violence, really. Um, and so what I'm what I'm what I do in the book is is really think about how blackness has been theorized through a number of different frameworks. Um, I'm thinking about African indigenous um, research practices. Um, uh, and this is there's stuff about this in the introduction um, and chapter one. Um, uh, thinking about all of our particular relationships to uh, how how identity and identity narratives are important to that and uh, some black theoretical frameworks um, that understand the relationships between sort of um, uh, identity systems of power and, and all their various sort of um, uh, formations or mechanisms also um, how Black peoples have found ways to resist that um, and to make fluid meaning in the resistance of that. Um, and so 
my the way that that's happening and drawing from all these particular all these different traditions and trying to sort of um uh allow space to think uh for them to think with each other um is a move to to do something uh that is undisciplining in all in all of its senses um in terms of discipline as a, a field and discipline as uh, a boob uh and how open up space for the undisciplining of thought um the undisciplining of language which is why i'm not writing the entire book in one particular version um of english or one particular um uh linguistic orientation um and so in terms of how that comes to the classroom um it it really enters that from for me it really enters that space by one thinking about different voices um and not only thinking about different voices um in a particular vacuum but um engaging with what are the backgrounds of the particular authors um what are the subject positions uh historical time period etc of particular different authors what are the subject positions of the people in the in the classrooms um and really if i might go back to that particular activity i described one of the purposes of that is to really think about the ways in which systems of power are dole out resources in ways that either that that create a binary understanding of identity but identity does not operate through those binaries experience doesn't operate through the, those identities so when we get to the point that we're talking about our own experiences and our own identities what comes up what what uh kind of bubbles to the top of that conversation is how are we dissolving notions of what static notions of what it means to be x kind of person and for me that's what doing anti-racism is it's it's understanding that there are particular uh racialized tropes that are doing this um uh doing work to race and racialize people in particular ways that are operating in the world uh anti-racism is is really about um the undoing of race or racist tropes and what we understand to be a particular uh kind of racial categories categorization or uh um categorization gender ca categorization or categorization based on nationality language ability or disability uh etc in your book you ask this question how do black people make everyday meaning in an anti-black world i thought that we could end with this question and, and you thinking through your own experiences, how do you go about navigating white institutional spaces? And then how do you encourage other black colleagues to move within and between this world? So I'll, I'll respond by saying that I don't think there is a, any particular answer to this question, um, which is why it sort of fuels what I do and um, try to think about. Um, uh, but I would, I would say on sort of day-to-day um, uh, -day dealing with um, the White Academy, uh, that it, the, the, I guess how I encourage folks to explore and, and deal with it is, is on their own tunes, really. 
um, knowing what those tunes are. Uh, and again, this goes back to subject position and positionality and what one's experiences are um, and what how one, uh, what presences one is bringing to a particular space, but knowing what those uh, tunes are and knowing what those, um, how they relate to the tunes of others one is engaging with. Um, and I'm saying tunes to, to mean both a particular kind of uh, orientation to an idea, but but also um, a particular kind of orientation to to language. Um, to I want to imagine a world where folks can speak their their the, the whatever it is that they understand to be um, their languages. To also do that while engaging a space uh, in ways that they're 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 doing so on 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 their own, you know, um, from from whatever place they they uh, see see themselves. Uh, and so it's not a clean answer to this question. It's not a clear cut answer. Um, but I, I think this is a question that has to continuously be asked um, uh, because um, one of the ways that one of the things that happens, and this is why uh, I started by talking about how the book is about rhetorical fluidity, one of the things that happens um, as soon as uh, an, um, a, a notion of blackness is sort of made known as something that is is, is culturally associated with black people, it's get it gets packaged and sold, and this is a long history. Um, and so, the takeaway is 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 embracing a kind of uh, a fluid fluidity for blackness, understanding how to uh, how blackness is something that moves uh, and flows uh, and cannot be contained in one particular frame or one particular static um, uh, um, understanding. Thanks, Lou. And thank you, Pedagog listeners and followers. Until next time.